Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Phileas Club, the show where we get people from around the world to tell you about how they feel about the news from around the world. This is episode number 25 for May 2010. Hello everyone and welcome to the Phileas Club. This is the show where we get people from different countries, cultures and background to tell us about uh, the way they received the news that have made the past few uh, weeks. So I have a fantastic group of uh, hosts with me today. I have, of course, as usual, the one who makes the show what it is, Turkey. How's it going? Yes, hey Patrick. I think we sh you should have gotten a copy of the Molly Rant. Jingle. We need that, I think, <laughs> this show. Yes, that would have, that could have, I hope you're going to be ranting, Molly. Uh, if you don't know, uh, Molly uh, Wood is uh, one of the hosts of uh, Buzz Out Loud, and she's with us uh, today also. Hello. I feel like I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage because you've all had a whole day to foment on the news, and I'm still having my coffee. Well, so. I'll, I have to get up to speed and angry, and it's kind of early for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure that uh, what Turkey says will make you angry very fast. We'll, we'll just, I will just wait for some sort of motivator. <laughs> There you go. Um, so Molly is from uh, California, and Buzz Out Loud is a uh, famous podcast on uh, the tech news of the day. You do it daily. Yes. And uh, so you're going to be talking about uh, the political things that make our daily lives, hopefully, something like hopefully. that. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> and we also have Paolo uh, with us today, who is sort of a, a mixed uh, cultural uh, monster, kind of. Uh, he is from South... I don't, I don't know why I said monster. It wasn't very kind, was it? <laughs> uh, he's from uh, South Africa, but he also has uh, roots in uh, uh, Greece and Portugal. How's it going, Paolo? Uh, hey there, Patrick. Hey, hey guys. Um, yeah, no, no, I'm uh, I'm a bit of a mongrel in a way, I guess. Uh, my uh, my heritage is uh, Greek and uh, Portuguese, and um, I, I consider myself a, a South African, um, born here in South Africa, but uh, heritage is from Europe. So your uh, connection from South Africa is a little bit uh, a little bit um, laggy. So I hope you listeners, uh, you fine people, will excuse us uh, if there is a little bit of delay between our uh, question answers and general conversation with uh, Paolo. Um, and we actually have a surprise, an extra guest who's going to join us. And Molly, I hope you're you're ready because there's something big coming. Someone uh -oh. from your past, dig What? far, far away, and here comes someone else, <laughs> someone else that you haven't spoken to in a long time, That's Tom right. Merritt. At least not by voice. 
Yay! <laughs> hey, Molly. Tom. Hey, so Tom. You should, have, you should have come over for coffee and pancakes. <laughs> I know. Crazy Frenchman wanted it to be a surprise. Yeah. Oh, it was, I'm it so was excited. So it's it's sort of a reunion since you left you left uh, you know the the shows that Molly does a long time ago. How do well, you two feel? weeks okay. in internet time. That's years. <laughs> that's years. It's like it never happened. Almost. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I remember those days. <laughs> So I oh, usually plus oh, I'm sorry. thrilled because this takes all the pressure off of me. I no longer have to sound intelligent at all. <laughs> so um, get ready we... for the gadgetified episode of the Phileas Club. <laughs> That's going to be fun. We usually uh, only have one person from uh, from a country, and today we have two people, not only from the same country but from California. Uh, Tom Merritt, if you don't know, uh, was uh, one of the uh, co-founders. Can we say that of uh, Buzz Out Loud? Sure. And he, he left that show to go to um, the Twit Network a couple of weeks ago. His show starts uh, in a few days now, Tom. Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday, June 1st. That, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but uh, let's get the show rolling for now. Thank you all for joining. And um, I guess the first thing uh, we, for me, the big thing is going to be, in, uh, from an international uh, point of view, is what's happening in Greece. So obviously for you know, Europe, for France, it's, it's very important since uh, Greece is basically the anchor that is sinking our ship at the moment. Um, but I'm curious to know what you guys have heard about this. So basically, uh, we talked about Greece being bankrupt and uh, being needing a lot of uh, bailout money from the European Union. In the, in the past uh, month, and I mean, in last episode, and it, the situation has changed a little bit. Basically, everyone is now agreeing to give money to Greece, and um, because if they don't, then things are going to explode. And since Germany mainly has been dragging its heels so, for so long, the situation is deemed to be a lot worse than if we had given billions of dollars to, of euros to Greece um, a couple of months ago, and the euro is, is sinking, and uh, people are... There, there's a funny situation here. It's sort of people are talking about, jokingly, about how we might go back to our currencies before the euro, and every, no one is taking this seriously, obviously. It's never going to happen. But the mere fact that people are joking about it shows how tremendous the the um the 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 crisis is at the moment the euro has lost a, a huge part of its uh, value to uh, compared to the dollar which sucks because i'm going to be in the us in a in a short week in a few short weeks i'm not going to be able to go shopping crazy um and so it's not really panic at the moment yet but it's sort of very deep and serious concerns and also a little bit of of uh anger towards the the greek well anger might be a strong word but we are a little bit uh, uh concerned by the fact that greece has eaten up all the money that we uh, sent it and they might do it again because we don't really we're not certain they're going to change enough to actually get back on on the right track um so I guess that feeling is easily understandable. What I'm very curious to know is to know from Paolo, uh, who has, as we were saying, um, uh, roots in the Greek uh, community, uh, how do you guys see it from Greece? Because what we hear is Greek people, the, the people of Greece, is also very angry and striking and, and uh, making demonstrations and all of that. And we're like, 
guys, you're getting the money. You should be happy. You should be celebrating. I think, uh, Patrick, that uh, from the Greeks' point of view, um, they look at it in a very, very different light. I mean, from my point of view, I feel the Greeks don't have really the grounds to to, um, to contest what, what uh, the, the euro is helping. And I, I think the way the Greeks look at it is that they've been living their lives very, very happily. You know, they've been... Um, getting a lot of uh, government, uh, a, lo a lot of people in Greece, they, uh, they get more than one uh, pension fund. And they, there's, a, there's a lot of things in, in Greece where people kind of rape the system and they get something for nothing. Um, they don't see it that way. I, that's, that's how I see it. But um, I think they feel that they've been wrong because now that's been taken away from them. Them. Right, um, we've been we've been hearing a lot um, about we've been hearing a lot about well not a lot but uh, things like your um, your bonus if you're a government worker for example you get a bonus if you get to work on time and and what the way we perceive it is <laughs> they're getting angry because these kinds of things are getting uh, taken away and they are demonstrating because they want to keep their bonus for getting to work on time and we're like. Are you kidding us? You're think, bankrupt. You're I think bankrupt. The, the thing is, I think the thing in Greece is that uh, they they uh, they feel that these things that they're getting, like in in Greece, if you have a name day, there's a certain holiday that's called the name day where they celebrate your name, like my name Paolo or, or your name Patrick, and that's more important than a birthday. And you're allowed to take off. It's perfectly socially acceptable to take a day off. And to them, I think their worth, their work ethic is completely different to say the the English or the French or the the Americans. Not to say that they're completely in the rights about the way they work, but the the Greeks have a very different way of looking at work. You know, especially Dude, the government uh, that the, government the, jobs because saying that the Greeks have a different work ethics, like lower work ethics from the French, is saying a lot because we don't do crap. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, for for the, for the Greeks, if you get a government job, uh, from what I see, it's it's almost like you're made in life. You know, like you you've really reached mm. reached a really good job. Not to say that there's anything wrong with a government job, but um, because the government really supports you, and maybe to an extent that's just too much to to the detriment of the government. You know. Well, we'll talk about this a little bit more, I'm sure, when we get to the, the French part of the news, because we've been having strikes for things you will not believe. Um, but let's go, let's go to um, maybe Saudi Arabia for now. I'm sure what you guys, the way you guys see it, as you see everything that doesn't have a direct correlation with Saudi Arabia, is we don't really give a crap. Oh, well, actually, we give a crap. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> I'm wrong again. Oh, I love doing that to you. <laughs> now, actually, it's, uh, the whole situation is affecting Saudi Arabia in different aspects. For one, people are kind of happy that the euro is crashing because we're linked to the dollar. So when the dollar is stronger, our economy is stronger. So that's one aspect that people are enjoying. And the other aspect that people are afraid of is Saudi Arabia and uh, Qatar, Kuwait, and Bahrain just recently signed an agreement to start working on their uh, single currency. So that's going to be uh, something to keep an eye on to see how that works out with the European Union to decide whether that idea is, is still a good idea or is it a horrible idea. 
Uh, why would it be a horrible idea? You just saw how what's going on with the euro and the economy oh, of right. the European countries. So, <laughs> so they're like, we don't want to do that. Yeah, we, let's wait. Let's keep an eye on on, on Europe and uh, Greece and Portugal and whatever. Let's see what's going on. Mm. Let's move very, very, very <laughs> slow for now. So they were in the starting blocks, and all of a sudden yes. the euro crashes, and they're like, "Wait a second. And it was difficult to get to the starting block. It been they've been working on it for years and years, and so, finally when they got st on the starting block, suddenly the euro crashes. That's, you know, one thing I don't really understand, maybe some of you will be able to explain it to me, but when the euro was first introduced, it was, uh, you know, one dollar was, uh, I'm sorry, one euro was $1.2 dollars more or less. Yeah, then they it, were, they it were rose, almost it rose, exactly it the same. Yeah, and then it rolls, it rolls, it rolls, and it came to 1.4, 1.45. It was amazing how, well, low the dollar was and how high the, the euro became. But now it's coming back to the level where it was. It's not like it's worth, you know, half its its previous worth. It's back to the level where it was when it was first introduced. So I understand that it makes it more difficult for uh, people to export stuff from the EU, but it makes it easier to import other stuff. I mean, there's you can you can buy stuff cheaper from from the outside. No, that's actually, the opposite. Actually, actually, Sorry, yeah. but yeah. I mean, it's it's not like the the the, the value can has been more. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, but the thing is, when it comes to the situation, is it's not that right now that the euro is down. The question is how 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 much would it crash? It's just, uh, and how many countries are going to uh, go bankrupt and so on? It's going yeah. to affect for a few years. There, it's not about now. Let, let's see. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, there's not the euro is still stronger than the dollar and so on. It might have went down, but it's the question is what's going to happen in a year. Two, right. three, four, and that's where people are afraid, and they I want think to the see. Thing, uh, I think the thing most Europeans are, are afraid of is that uh, other countries are going to follow the, the Greek trend. Okay, we, every euro has really helped out uh, Greece and and bailed them out of a lot of their issues. But what's to say that Portugal and uh, Spain are not going to follow the same suit? And then then what does Europe do? You know, I yeah, think that's where uh, the Europeans are really concerned. We've been hearing the the D word the devaluation word we might you know devaluate the money is that the english way of saying things yeah Devalu that it would yeah. be uh, devalue was, currency I kind of, yeah i had started to uh, the impression that i was getting was that part of the greek bailout and part of the reasoning behind the greek bailout was was actually a vote of confidence in the euro itself um and is that you know the, the idea that the eu was really going to put that the weight not behind just propping up greece but behind propping up the very idea of that currency and that this was the first kind of, you know, stop me if I'm making no sense at all. But um, but is part of the fear in Europe now the idea that if, if Greece goes and Portugal goes and that the euro continues to be devalued. To that, that, right. That that concept itself will die. That, you know, it'll be like everybody's going to. I mean, you, you alluded to that there are whispers of people going back to, you know, the in-country currencies. But do you think that's a real possibility? Well, it's not at this point. I wouldn't say it's it's at this point. But if if. Portugal and Spain go, which is not completely outlandish. Uh, it's we have to do something. Uh, devaluation is one uh, possibility. Uh, going back to your previous currencies and saying, you know, stuff you all we're we're on our own is another possibility. I, no one is thinking of, about it seriously at this point. But imagine the effect that Greece had by crashing. If you add to that Portugal and Spain, we're sort of in trouble. So I don't know what we can do. I mean, 
Uh, what this shows is the difficulty of having a monetary union without a real strong political union. Because in the United States, I mean, California and, and a few other states are, are almost in as bad a straits as Greece, and certainly comparable to Spain, perhaps. Uh, but you don't hear about, you know, the, the collapse of the dollar union and, and, you know, how are we going to bail out California? There's a little bit of like, hey, should there be federal aid and how much should there be and this and that. But because it's a str very strong centralized political union, it, it's, it's not a, a matter that threatens the way that the euro threatens because you're pretending to be one big country economically when in fact you're not. Right, and I think it's a, I think it's also a very different issue um, in in the states because the the main problem with Greek the the Greek uh, problem is that it's a disorganization where the countries that the the right arms doing and the left arms doing in regards to their finances where I think the Americans they have a better grasp on 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 the way their economy runs and if there's a problem. They know where to solve it and where not to solve it. Whereas the Greeks are still fumbling around, I think, and they, they've kind of been in this path for so long. Now it has to change. They they don't know what to do, and getting controlled by the euro is is something they don't they're not happy with. That's very nice of you to say, but I, I know there's plenty of people in the U.S. who would disagree that we're all that much better, at least on the especially on the state level and the city levels. But but I think your point, you know, does point. It brings up that that issue of like Greece is allowed to run its own affairs to a certain extent, uh, where where you know the state of Nebraska is not. And the uh, thing and so is, sort of also, a, there's a safety on on what they can do, damage wise. Yeah, because a lot of what we've been hearing about Greece is corruption, laxism. You know, a lot of of issues that are not up to the. I mean, obviously, no country is is you know has no corruption and runs smoothly, completely smoothly. But from what mm. we are hearing, there is a, a level of that in Greece that should just not. Be, happen in our you know european union uh, if if it's uh, okay countries in the eu are expected to behave at a certain level in a certain way in economic ways and to be responsible and what lacks tremendously in greece i don't think it's quite the same in in uh, in portugal and uh, and uh, spain but we feel like the problem with greece was not that there was uh bad well there was bad management and bad uh, budgeting but also it was plain um plain misconduct with uh, at the governmental level and that's one of the reasons why we're so angry about it well and then it doesn't seem like the bailout is actually going to is going to solve that problem because it doesn't seem like there is an accompanying effort to um change the way business is conducted. It seems like what there really is is funneling money into Greece and then creating massive debt. Well, there but, is but talk of... But you still have that sort of insolvency issue. Where, exactly. Which is why, you know, I was saying at the, in the beginning, the problem is they might do it again. Um, and right. we don't have um, the... We, 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 there is talk of having more control over the way Greek, Greece, uh, you know, manages its finances, but we're not certain we're going to be able to do it. And um, Greece itself, it, you know, it might instill a shock big enough that they will actually get their crap together. But what if they don't? 
Paolo, well, you, you, right. to you, you have more countries to worry about, uh, Patrick, when it comes to the EU. You got all of these new uh, Eastern European countries, Poland, Romania, Bulgaria, Hungary, whatever, well, Hungary, so on. So Greek is only the start. And uh, no, I but think, you know I these... Think no, but I think Greek came at the right moment for the EU. I think Greek would give the EU a good lesson and uh, makes them ready for any future events that are similar because all of these new countries joining is going to be a lot more dangerous uh, in the future. So I think this is a good lesson for the EU to work on it and uh, build a system to avoid something like this in the future. There's definitely uh, some truth to what you're saying, but I also think that these other countries are very, uh, I might be mistaken in this, but that's my impression. They're very young and economically dynamic, whereas Greece was getting lazy and complacent. I'm sorry, Greek people. I'm sure some of you are are yelling at your, your iPod. Or, <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I did read at least one article that suggested that Greeks, Greece's problems mostly came from not properly collecting tax revenues, that the spending was actually relatively relatively average compared to other EU countries. It was just that they had this sort of shadow economy where a lot of transactions were happening and they weren't collecting taxes. Where? That's the real question. Sorry, Paolo, because we didn't spending, hear you. Spending on... on uh, I just said uh, spending where? Because if you're spending on salaries, I think it's another. If you're just spending on, on the, the infrastructure, um, I would say, yeah, maybe it's, it's just on par with everyone else in Europe. But the, the, I think the, the main issue is who's getting paid and who's getting paid what at a government level. That's yeah. what's really hurting the country. And, I mean, and where is that money coming from? Bonus to get there on time? Come on. You <laughs> no, you're just thinking of it the wrong way, Patrick. It's a penalty for not getting there on time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so what, you guys in the, spin. in the U.S., have you guys uh, heard about it at all? Or I'm sure, you know, it has to affect, it affects the words, the world economically. So surely you've, you've, had. The bonuses or just the whole Greek thing? <laughs> definitely have heard about the whole Greek thing. We, we've been agitating for bonuses, actually. I have at network. Yeah. The whole the, yeah, the whole bonus thing <laughs> reminds me of the Muni uh, system in San Francisco. It's the the, the uh, transportation system uh, where they are constantly under attack for having hundred thousand dollar salaries and paid you know time and a half overtime on top of that uh, for for driving a bus, which you can argue is actually you know dangerous a dangerous job in some parts of San Francisco. But, you know, you, you get these stories of like, why do they deserve these outlandish overtime payments? And why do they deserve these these huge bonuses and vacations? And how much and, did you say they were getting paid? Around $100,000 uh, for really? many people who've been there a long time. Yeah. Jeez. Do but, they are they hiring? That is in the, that's in the San Francisco Bay Area. So it is it is that's a salary number that is uh, you know, has to be considered in the context of cost of living. It's yeah, it may not be money. quite as right. It may not be right. quite as big as it sounds. True. Yeah, it's okay. not. A it's shocking. Well, but it's you know, I, I live in Paris. From... It's not like it's cheap. So, right. Yeah, that, that's. I true. mean, you could definitely come here and be a bus driver, but you'll have to work your way up to the hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not. <laughs> and worth I don't it think then. it's. I don't think it's very fun. No. Sure. I mean. But I, I, I have the impression that that the Greek financial crisis is kind of all over the news here. I mean, I definitely yeah. I feel like it's it's one of the few sort of, you know, I mean, we're not hearing about the riots in Thailand unless we're buying The Economist. But 
but certainly uh, Greg's financial issues seem to be top of mind here. And I think it's because our own economic recovery right now is really fragile. And there's the sense that if there's sort of a, a, a large and domino effect of, you know, collapse of countries in the EU, that we're kind of everybody's screwed because we're, we're all moving debt around at this point. And if nobody <laughs> ever has enough money to pay it back... <laughs> Then what yeah. What do we that, do? That's my impression is it's usually reported in U.S. sources from the point of view of Wall Street reacted today to the Greek crisis in this mm -hmm. way. And that's how you learn about it. Well, it's often report, reported like that in, uh, in, in our countries also. I mean, most of the time is markets crumble again. And like they have one half day of uh, dim hope. And everyone starts to, you know, look out in the sky and, and think that tomorrow might be better. And then the tomorrow is even worse than the day before. So it's, uh, it's, it's not very, you know, I'm sort of getting, getting worried talking to you guys now. Maybe I should not think about it that much and bury my yeah head in let's the talk about korea sinking <laughs> warships or china having a property bubble that'll make us feel better yeah. oh i know i know biggest oil spill ever yay <laughs> so yeah that obviously has been making the news i think everywhere um the 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 well i, I shouldn't say funny part but apparently bp <laughs> is is plugging the thing over and over again and it's never working what the hell are Those they jokesters. doing <laughs> well, <laughs> they're just silly. I did. I actually. I apparently that is uh, most uh, like other scientists at this point aren't that concerned that the they're doing this thing that they call top kill, where they're trying to sort of fill the hole with mud, basically slow down the mm -hmm. oil uh, flowing out by sort of covering it up with mud. But apparently, uh, that is a process that can take a long time. So they haven't mm. given any progress reports yet, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to work. Well, Although you, apparently, you know that if it was working and if they knew it was working, they would have reported on it. Right. They are now starting to add um, chunks of rubber and sort of other debris to the mud to make the mud heavier. And they just kind of keep adjusting, I guess, the, the heaviness of the mud and then the, the flow of the pumping the mud toward the thing. I don't know. It all sounds like impossible to me, but... So what's going to happen if they have several plans? What happens if they can't plug it? We die. <laughs> <laughs> no, and by we, we I mean, by we I mean the world. You mean we the shrimp die? die. Uh, yeah. it, we'll yeah, just I mean, wait for for the environment <laughs> to take care of it, like all the Republicans are saying. It eventually kills that? most of the uh, southern coast of the United States, yeah. <laughs> because Republicans just hate the entire idea of the chaos effect. I'm sure that if all the shrimp die, that wouldn't have any ramifications for the rest of the world. How could it? <laughs> it's just shrimp. It's just all the shrimp that They're all very the other small. things eat. And the, oh, God, we're going to die. Yeah. Hmm. So the prospect is not very uh, bright there either. Well, well, you I know what, they're, they're taking uh, some time from a, a supercomputer in Austin to do some 3D modeling to help not only figure out if the plugging of the hole is working and, and develop strategies for that, but also to figure out what's going to happen to the coast as, as the oil moves out and what they can do to try to mitigate that as well. I thought you were going to say they're using computer time to do 3D modeling to show it on CNN or something. No, they're using Google Maps <laughs> for that. that. <laughs> okay. yeah. Didn't they have a video feed of the... Uh, actual spill coming out they do yeah 
Yeah. Uh-huh. There's there was just this phenomenal photo or a, a short video I think of like an eel swimming up to basically the spill, you know, and kind of just looking at I mean it's remarkable <laughs> to see this fish the horror on the face of thing. this eel. <laughs> basically, yeah, just kind of looking back and forth like it's watching tennis and clearly thinking to itself, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one thing that was actually really surprising to me was when the the spill first happened, uh, we had a report on TV about uh, people from Florida and how so many of them are dependent on the oil economy that and on BP that they would mostly be uh, okay with the oil business taking you know starting again once once the spill the spill is dealt with because it does provide them with all their jobs and they know it's going to be horrible and and uh, uh, destroy the ecosystem but at the end of the day, once everything's cleaned up in a couple of years, they're all going to go back to it. Now, the reports I saw today were a little bit different because now the the oil has actually reached the shores and they're getting angry. But is there any truth to that, to the fact that they're going to forgive everything? Well, if you think about it, the entire world is going to forgive everything to some extent. I mean, we're all sort of saying this is terrible and 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 who knows ecologically what could happen from disrupting the balance of the ocean like this but we're all going to keep driving cars we're all going to keep being oil dependent you know to the extent that we are i mean i don't drive a car i'm doing my part what are you guys doing (laughs) do you Uh, use electricity uh no uh-huh. I, 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 I have um, I have hamsters any, in uh, in uh, tri- wheel oh, things. I see, that I see. Uh, any the, any plastic Do you ride buses or home? trains or something? All right, you got me. Fine. <laughs> any plastic products in your house that may be derived from petroleum? Uh, maybe, maybe I'll have to check. I'll get back to you. Do you That's fry your I... French fries in oil, Patrick? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I mean, only eat French even, fries from McDonald's. But even the Republicans, there was an article today saying that um that that you know California's candidates for governor are now both saying, oh that drill baby drill thing, we're not as into that as we <laughs> used so to popular. be. Yeah, we're not. We don't like love that as much as we did before. That's it's for people into, who don't know. Uh, the drill baby drill was the slogan, one of the things that uh, the Republicans were chanting during the last election to say to signif- to show the fact that they wanted to drill for oil in the U.S. as much as they could because that's mm-hmm. you know cool. In protected wild into, areas, we kind of should keep drilling some places. <laughs> Maybe baby, but just really quietly. It's, it's, All right, so hey. Gonna step in to do anything about this so, the government has stepped in i, I mean they have they they have advisors down there and they're pushing bp and the, the the problem is i think uh and and molly i think you've probably read up on this more than i have so correct me if i'm wrong but there just aren't that many people who know how to do this right and so it's you know not- you could you, you can have people with clipboards standing around as much as you want but the experts are, are so few that once you've got them working on it you just kind of have to let them work Mm. And you almost you know, have, right, you know, they almost Americans, have to Because it kind of seems like it's... You Americans have to really just give up, stop drilling, take the, buy the oil from us, and be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Saudi Arabia and Venezuela will be more than happy to sell you oil. <laughs> you never spill your oil. Never. But, you know, I, 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 I want to go back to, to one thing that Molly was saying. We're all going to keep driving our cars and everything. It's, certainly it's true, but... Uh, you said in the same breath, both uh, uh, candidates for uh, 
California are not so much into drilling anymore. Doesn't that mean that it does have some sort of an impact at one level? And, you know, it might mean that people are less into into uh, using oil? No? I, I think people are going to be less into, you know, if anything, it's going to create a political catch-22 for candidates because people will be less into drilling. I mean, certainly, you know, as soon as this bill happened, Arnold Schwarzenegger, our current governor in California, immediately stopped all plans for an offshore drilling project that was in the works. But the fact is, the oil consumption isn't decreasing. So I think, if anything, they will just have to be quieter. You know, there will be a period where we all oppose it and we all are pushing for better technologies. And then we say, we have the better technology. This is a spill-proof well. And then we just start doing it all over again. You know, and uh, that's a depressing, it's a pessimistic view. But, mm. but, you know, until the demand really goes away, they're going to keep drilling. They're just sure. maybe not going to be so... Uh, I mean, the whole drill baby drill thing was just gross and hedonistic and unrealistic anyway. So if anything, maybe they'll just be a little more circumspect about it, which would be nice. Mm. So, Patrick, you think because politicians said no more, that means no more? No, no but way. I do. I, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not that, that naive, but I'm naive enough to believe that change does happen. You know, it's not like people look at this and say, oh, but, you know, you're st everyone's still driving cars. And as if that happens and in one day everything changes. I do believe, however, that things like that might have a deeper, long-seated effect that might transform into something down the line. It's, it's going to chip away at this idea that exactly what we're saying, drill, baby, drill, is not that huge, proud slogan anymore. And it does right. change things in, in some people's minds. Now, it might go away in two or three years, but... It's one factor of many that makes up the collective uh, attitude towards oil. Uh, so it's not going to be enough, obviously, but maybe it's one more argument against. I think it's mm -hmm. definitely changed the momentum of the conversation in the United States, where up until the spill, there was very much a, a sort of the common man view was this whole environmental thing has been blown out of proportion and we're mm -hmm. overreacting and we're not going to hit peak oil and it's not going to be that big a deal. And yeah, we should be green, but we don't need to rush into it. This has really changed that tone. I don't know that it's convinced anyone of, you know, to, to have a revelation and change their opinion, but the tone is much less about like, oh, green stuff. That's that's kind of silly. Now it's like, oh, maybe maybe we do need to pay a little more attention to this. So mm. it, it, it remains to be seen where that conversation is going to go from here, but it's definitely disrupted the momentum. And what I do hope is that it will make the conversation about being green less political. Because it that had become, like, yeah. if you are concerned about the environment, then you're a weirdo liberal. Mm. And that that's just bizarre. I mean, it's like, if you're a human, you should be concerned about the environment. The idea that that was a liberal versus a conservative thing was just strange and is strange. And I'm hoping that it will, it will you know, we will start to see an oil spill like this as a human crisis and not mm. something that has anything to do with politics. It's um, it's sort of like what happened with Greece for the I EU. Think, uh, it was very convenient, and uh, and then it happened at the right time to save us from future disasters. Uh, sorry, Paolo, go ahead. I, I think a lot of the thing a lot of people forget about is that um, okay, that's great. In the states, you guys make a big change to to 
go green or go towards an alternative power like hydrogen or electricity or whatever the case may be in the future. But people forget that here in 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 Africa or other third world countries, uh, areas the the demand for for petroleum is is, is going to continue uh, i mean it's still going to be the cheapest and most um easy to use resource that we have available to 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 make things work in africa or other third world areas i mean you in the, you guys in the states okay say you switch to american uh, i mean to elec- electrical uh, vehicles then you can just plug into your house no problem but what happens to the guy in Africa who who doesn't have an electricity socket in his wall, you know, and he uses his vehicle to get to and from places for his business. And this happens throughout Africa. I mean, how are these people going to get it around? They're still going to demand petroleum. Right. Well, and that, that is absolutely true. And, and one would hope, I mean, if you want to extend this conversation to how will this spill affect the rest of the world, that if it did make the United States stop fighting against environmental concerns, uh, that it could lead to more people being interested in creating technologies that can help worldwide. Uh, you know, that's that's it's not that we're saying that, you know, once the United States figures it out, then everything's done. The rest of the world is fine. But, you know, you got to you got to take care of your home first before you can help the rest of the world. And there's a lot of cool stuff being done uh, in sure, research sure. and development to to figure out ways to have portable solar power and 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 portable Internet and, and electric vehicles that will work in these kinds of situations. I, I've heard a lot of good stuff in India and Africa both. But, yeah, it's a good thing to raise because that is an important point. You're not going to solve the any kind of environmental problem by just fixing one country. Mm-hmm. All right, let's finish up on the uh, on the oil spill by asking uh, giving uh, Turkey uh, free uh, reign to say anything he wants about this uh and you know how you guys feel about the oil spill. How we feel about the oil spill? Well, you are kind <laughs> of the oil kings of the world. <laughs> and that's their oil. The more they spill, the more they buy from us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, well said. Um, should we talk a little bit about uh, Gaza or switch to something happy? Uh, let's talk about the World Cup since we okay. have someone from South Africa. <laughs> Although I don't like football, but. Okay, I thought. Or soccer, t- as the Americans like to call it. <laughs> um, actually, Paulo, when you, when you first uh, contacted me, you, you suggested uh, talking about the World Cup, um, which I wasn't convinced at first because I don't watch football, but um, it do- does affect, obviously, the economy of the country where it's being held. Uh, and surprise, it's uh, South Africa. Well, it's I, I, for me, I, I think it's one of the most, uh, it's the biggest event in the world, from what I understand. I mean, it's bigger than the Olympics in a lot of countries and um it's it's changing our country in in a lot of good ways for for us um it's really the first time i think the world has has gotten a view on Africa since the end of the apartheid and hopefully ends out to be a, a good picture on how things have changed i mean we've had our problems and you know there's always growing pains in the country and i'm a, i'm a big uh, I'm a big supporter of South Africa and its future. I know a lot of people are doom and gloom and saying the country's not going anywhere or it's going to go to the dogs kind of thing. But um, I have a lot of hope for the country and hopefully this uh, really shines for us. You know, and There'll be issues. There'll be some horror stories, I'm sure, here and there. Um, but hopefully it all comes together for us. It's, it's an event. 
the the way i don't know about you guys but the the image i have again i don't know anything so i'm obviously wrong but the image i have of south africa is as you said since the end of the apartheid it's basically gone to well crap and i thought you were going to say district nine because that was <laughs> sci-fi but, that's not real <laughs> i mean that situation with the aliens landing and I'm i so, don't i'm so happy that tom said that because <laughs> i was thinking it too <laughs> but seriously though what what the way i i see it is a very dangerous country to the levels of you know some uh, southern um american uh, south american countries and economy be, being sort of very slow and just plain difficulties in the govern government and in the infrastructure. Things are not working. At, le at least that's my I image. Think, I, think, I think the thing with South Africa is that um, when the government changed over, you had a lot of people who came into government, who came into power, who were revolutionaries. These were people who, who wanted a change in the country. You know, they fought their whole lives for change. And suddenly they, they had all this power and no experience really to, to, to run a country or to, to make governmental decisions. Now they've been running the country and they really have made some of the wrong decisions in a lot of ways. But the, the, the thing that I see for the future in the country is that um, those, those people who were revolutionaries, their kids are now getting uh, um, better education, they're going to higher-end schools, they're, they're getting exposed to a lot more things that they, they would have never gotten expo exposed to. And I think their kids are the ones who are really going to be the ones who will shine in the future. Yes, we, we, we've got a lot of problems, especially with crime. I mean, crime is the biggest concern in this country, and uh, it's a huge concern for the, for the actual event here because I think a lot of Europe, it's, it's a big sport in Europe, and a lot of Europeans are coming here, and I think they're thinking, okay, we'll go to, Europe, we'll go to South Africa, we'll go to Johannesburg, go downtown, and, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be safe. Like, we'll just walk around, take a bus here or there. It's, it's not the case here. It's just too dangerous downtown. And uh, the way people live in South Africa is far more in a protective way of life. I mean, it's very different to America and it's very different to Europe. I mean, people are very uh, con concerned with their well-being and safety. Um, so how not to say you're not in the States, but we do it on a different level. How is the World Cup going to help that situation? Are you guys spending money all of a sudden to make sure that the, the cities are safer or that you have safer places? Or Because if basically the World Cup is mostly hooligans going to <laughs> downtown to, to, have, you know, to look for trouble. And now after the Greeks, I'm getting the, the football fans uh, angry. But, yeah, you want to watch out for that. Yeah, they, they, they <laughs> might actually... They, they, Actually, they are really in are hooligans. <laughs> They'll come uh, after you, Patrick. Oh my God! But um, uh, how is the World Cup going to benefit the the you know South Africa in in that respect? Uh, how you know the flow of money from the World uh, Cup I is going to help you out? I don't or? think it's going to do do anything for security entry. Um, the the government is not spending its money on security. I mean, they they may be trying to root up. Uh, corruption, and that's really where all this crime stems from, is the corruption in the police force and the government. Because, okay, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I, I, I've, I've given a bribe before, and, and most South Africans have. It's, it's just a commonplace thing here nowadays, which is fortunate, because say I get caught by the police for speeding, 
um, I could just give the guy a hundred rand and he'll leave me alone. You know, whereas that would never fly in the States and it would never fly in Europe. And they're not doing anything to change that, in my opinion. They're spending the money on infrastructure to host the games. That's where the money, the bulk of the money. So I, okay, I thought it was really wise that that South Africa hosted the Rugby World Cup a couple of years back as sort of a test run uh, with a big but not nearly as big uh, crowd. Do do you think there were lessons learned from that, or or is is it? I mean, there were there wasn't any, any major mistakes or anything then. So we've hosted other i mean the confederates cup was here as well um that's a much smaller scale i think that was really the test run of how things are going to run um but i don't think the country's really prepared for the for the scale of uh of people coming here expecting to to be able to walk around and and you know see the country and because when you come to south africa it's not like you're coming just to see the game i think a lot of people are thinking okay this is an expensive trip this is a far distance we're going to go try see the country a bit and i don't think the country's really geared up for that i mean our hospitals are barely coping with the current situation never mind if we're getting hundreds of thousands of people visiting the country well paulo I, I maybe i misunderstood then but i thought i wasn't under the impression in in from your our previous conversations that the world cup was going to uh make the situation in south africa better and everything i'm hearing from you now is concern and and possible you know dangerous situations well it's it, it it's it's my personal concern there's a lot that's been done in the past to in the past couple of years since we got the 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 world cup to to really improve in the country to put to improve the roads to to make new venues to really get the spirit going in south africa and It's been an amazing um, thing for the people in South Africa, and I think it's really brought them together to, to, to be saying, hey, the world's coming here to see us. You know, they're, here, they're coming here to, to really see what we've, we, we've accomplished in the past few years. And I think that's the thing that's going to shine the most. We're going to have a lot of these issues or these, these horror stories that will come up where someone will, some tourists may be murdered or some, someone may have been, you know, not attended to in hospital, whatever. There'll always be horror stories, but I think the thing that's really going to shine out is to see how different the country is from how it used to be. Okay. Um, so, so it's putting Paolo, the, the country on the map. So, Paolo, is it usually a yeah. tradition in South Africa to invite world re leaders just so you want to arrest them? <laughs> I'm not sure what you're referring I'm not, to. I'm not, I'm not completely familiar with what you're referring to. Today, Bashir, you the South Africa invited the president of Sudan to attend the World Cup, and they also said, "But if he comes, we're going to arrest him." <laughs> <laughs> well, at well, least they're, at least they're they're being uh, you sure know forthcoming with it. Well, that's an interesting point, right? Because he just won an election, uh, an open, the first open elections in what twenty some years, uh, yeah. and so yeah. he is the elected leader of Sudan. So they kind of have to invite all of the all of the dignitaries and leaders. But at the same time, he has an international criminal court warrant uh, for his arrest for for human rights crimes. So they also have to arrest him. So they have to do both. <laughs> yeah, that's not like a South Africa specific thing. That's anybody would be in that bind. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, uh, it doesn't matter, but it's just hilarious. It is hilarious. <laughs> uh, so what, what about the, at you least guys? They, at least they gave him fair warning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're invited, but... The thing that, uh, but... 
the thing that I think that's really great for, for this one, especially, is that uh, it, it seems to have taken a huge, um, a huge liking in the States that I never saw in the past Americans were so involved with, with football. And the last, I was living in the States a couple of years, um, and the last World Cup, they were really seeming to get in the spirit of being a part of this world event. And that's the thing that's really great, is that it's, it's such a world event, and America's parting, be, becoming part of the world. And uh, I, I think it's really going to be a, a good thing for South Africa to have that as well. So how about the opening uh, celebration? I heard the lead singer just died for in South Africa, was supposed to do it. Any updates on that? Um, no, I, I, not, not from my knowledge. I mean, we're getting a lot of international artists. Those are the really mains that are headlining, like the Black Eyed Peas and, and yeah. Oh, my Shakira. God, is there anything the... that they don't do anymore? <laughs> I was just going to say that. They're at, they, they do, they, I think they're available for birthday parties. <laughs> they do everything. <laughs> That's incredible. But uh, So, you guys, uh, what about you? Do, do you actually care about the World Cup, as, as Paolo is suggesting? Or because personally, I really couldn't give two craps. But um, I know France obviously is very much into uh, into soccer. Um, I don't think the U.S. is though. It has become a lot more. In fact, the last World Cup, I went over to Molly's house and watched because yeah, we had like a World Cup party. Yeah, really? the U.S. was good, that's and what that's I why saw. I mean. A, oh, a lot okay. of my American friends were really getting in the spirit of things. I mean, your sports just dominate your, your whole year. The, I mean, they just follow one after another. So there's no space for football. But an event like this, you, you've really, uh, I saw a lot of people really getting involved. They played it in, in like Best Buy. I saw them putting it on big screens. So, I mean, I, I saw a big following in the States. U.S. sports fans are terrible front runners. I, I've followed the World Cup for, for decades. I've watched it because I was interested in international sports, but I was a weirdo. I had to go seek other people out who were weird like me to watch it. It's only in the last, I'd say, eight years or so when the U.S. has started to get good. Right? It's not just about, oh, will they qualify for the cup? But, hey, how far will they advance? And maybe there's an outside shot that they could win. Now ESPN has picked it up, which is the major sports network in the right, U.S. You, and, and you don't you have to do pay-per-view to watch. It, yeah, no, exactly. It's, a, it's, a, it's exactly one, of the, it, yeah. uh, one of the premier U.S. traits is, you know, we don't like to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not interested in losers. <laughs> yeah. We like movies where underdogs win. But they have to win. We don't, you know, well, who's going to win the movie where the underdog loses? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that would be quite interesting. Um, we were talking about, about uh, music uh, just now, and I have been, uh, I have experienced uh, an interesting musical event uh, in the past week, and that is the Eurovision contest. And I'm not even sure that any of you guys know what it is because it's <laughs> kind of obscure even in, in, uh, in France. <laughs> Or at least that's what I thought because it turns out it's uh, apparently the third most watched um, tele televised event in the world. And it's yearly. And it's for those who don't know, it's a um, contest between all uh, about 38 39 countries, I think, um, mostly in Europe. But there are also outsiders like uh, um, uh, Israel and some other countries. And each country sends a representative that's going to do a song. And uh, people from all over Europe can vote. 
and then you choose the best song in the contest. It's sort of a, a, the ancestor to the idol, you know, reality TV shows. Right. And it is most probably the kitschiest thing you can ever imagine. You have like wind machines and uh, dancers in wide uh, clothing and uh, colors. And it is horrendous, completely horrendous. And uh, it's very, very popular in Eastern Europe, mostly, I think, because they go crazy for it. And um, it's sort of a... It was very interesting because when I was watching it, I watched the two semifinals, and the French commentators were incredibly mean. Like, when one singer would... would um, would make a, a mistake during the song or sort of veer off the tone of the song or something like that, they would make fun of it after the, the song was over. And I think it does talk about how uh, France really doesn't care about all this and look, looks down on it quite a bit. So the only way to make it interesting on TV is to take the same tone as people who would be watching it would the, the way they would be seeing it. That's because um, France hasn't won since 1977. You had to bring that up, didn't you? You bastard, <laughs> Merit. Busted. Uh, but uh, that's actually my, my girlfriend's theory. It's like, oh, you, you, you're you idiot. If you had won, you would be completely like <laughs> propping it up. And uh, There might be some truth to that. But um, yeah, so do you guys even know about Eurovision? Because apparently it's like the biggest event ever. I know. I had never heard of it. I Googled it while we were talking. And it, it yeah, does yeah. sound like... Um, the EU's financial woes have been a problem. Like all these countries have pulled out because apparently if you win, you have to host the show and put on the big kitschy extravaganza. Yeah. And so, so some countries were kind of afraid they, they, they pulled out. Because they thought, well, if we win, we can't afford to have the big party. <laughs> They're sending really bad singers. Yeah. It's, yeah well, it's the just... bad singer is the, 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 the standard for that show, but. Well, I find it very difficult to watch. I've seen it a couple of times, but I mean, it's very diverse. The, some of the, some of the, the 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 people that come on that show, I mean, it's very different. You have to be really into it to watch it. I think uh, I've seen it a couple of times, but it's. I've it's heard very... the name kicked around, but I never knew what it was. I know well, exactly. I'd heard that word, but I didn't yeah. know what. Wow, it's this is um, fascinating. It's it's very popular with the gay community because it's so you know kitsch and uh, flashy and it's it, very popular it's mm -hmm. how to explain what it is you have like traditional um uh, songs from these countries sometimes you have oh my god it's horrible it's but it's very <laughs> it's very much fun to watch but to, to then why are we talking about it it's so yeah, it's, because, because it, it is one of the longest event. running live television events Ever. It's been and, going since 1956. I'm reading on the Wikipedia article, <laughs> and it's never missed a year. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. And <laughs> what you were saying, Tom, is, is very true. Um, apparently, Iceland uh, was absolutely terrified of winning. Uh, because if they have to organize it again, you know, they are in, yeah. in a horrible financial crisis, it will bring the country down again. They really well, can't do it. Yeah, and the front, Norway spent two hundred mil, thirty-one million dollars, two hundred million kroner, to host it. And then I guess one of the front runners is from Azerbaijan, and they're saying 
look, if Azerbaijan wins this, <laughs> we're screwed. Like, we can't, they can't have the big party. Yeah. It's terrible. The, the, Russia was hosting it last year, and apparently they spent, what was it, 32, uh, 30, I can't remember. Well, a lot of money. It's kind of like golf in Japan. Have you have you heard about this? Where if you get a hole in one in Japan when you're golfing, it's you're supposed to um, give away some of that good luck, and so people are terrified of getting a hole in one in Japan because it can bankrupt you because you have to like throw a huge party oh. and buy presents for everyone you know. I, I've uh, lived in Japan like, for four years, but I didn't know that. Thank God I don't play golf. I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Turkey is is sick of Eurovision. Uh, but you do, you guys don't participate, right, Turkey? Uh, I don't believe so. I, I've okay, heard about it a lot. I do know they cover it in the news when it happens, but at least when the results are in. So yeah, well, so if definitely you, the results are covered. If the you have a chance Turkey. to, <laughs> the country of Turkey is in it. Yeah, but not Saudi Arabia. <laughs> um, if you have a chance to 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 watch it, definitely at least Google. Okay, I'll I'll tell you what. Uh, in honor of Greece and actually my Greek heritage, because I was born with a Greek passport, um, oh. Google the uh, holding one. <laughs> and, well, I had yes, basically. Stop that. <laughs> um, but no, I, I was actually uh, Greek when I was uh, born. I only became French later. Uh, so the Google the Eurovision uh, Greek um, uh, entry for 2010 and. I can guarantee you're going to laugh quite a bit. It's it's <laughs> very kitsch. Oh, the final is tonight. I'm at yes. Eurovision.tv. Oh, I'm going to I'm watching it on the internet. <laughs> I'm well, doing. yeah, you you can watch it at eurovision.tv basically because they they can't really find uh, prominent channels to 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 broadcast it anymore in some places. Um, so it's going to be streaming live at the same time. So you can it watch is it. a live yeah. webcast. Oh my Very goodness! Cool. And, and you uh, can download the songs on iTunes afterwards. I'm excited. <laughs> so please, uh, please, Molly, root for Greece because that's you the one. You go, Greece. I, there you go. They need all the help they all the help they can get at this point. <laughs> um, so let's move on to something else. Uh, I uh, have. Yeah. There is one thing about, since we're in entertainment, apparently Sex in the City 2 is banned in the UAE. Really? Yes. Ugh, I wish it was banned here. <laughs> Come on. I love Sex and the City. I'll stop that. What? No, I, Molly, you've never, you don't actually like the show? I, let's talk I, about this. I like the show, okay, but I okay. think the movies are, are a, a, just an abomination. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, the first one. No, no. The first one actually made me furious. I sent a text in the middle of it that said, "This is two hours of my life I will never get back." <laughs> there we go. We knew we were going to get a rant at one point. And the second one, I know exactly. You have done it. But I and I want to know what Turkey thinks about this because I thought I, I saw the previews for that and I thought, well, I I don't think that four American women can go traipsing off to Abu Dhabi and go around in like tank tops. Is that okay? <laughs> It just seems uh, like that's Abu not Dhabi, how women are supposed to... Maybe Dubai. I doubt it would be possible in Abu Dhabi. That's what I thought. And isn't that <laughs> yeah. where they go? I think they go to Abu Dhabi. And that's why it's banned there. They're pissed off at the movie. Yeah, why? because what the hell? Did they go to some sort of I, club med Abu Dhabi and totally ignore the, the fact that you know women are No, not... no. Actually, they were banned from, t from uh, shooting the movie there. So they went and sh they shot it, the entire movie in Morocco. That movie is. Bullcrap. It's a lie. It's a lie. 
It's, oh, they shot the entire movie in Morocco, and now it's banned from being shown in Abu Dhabi and the UAE because they think it's insulting. I cannot believe that the movie industry would produce a cultural product where they do something and pretend it was done in somewhere else. <laughs> That's outrageous. That's shocking. <laughs> But so, seriously, are you going to have all these rich New York women showing up in Abu Dhabi and you know in sleeveless shirts and getting like <laughs> run out of the country? I just <laughs> No, it's, no, you know about Abu Dhabi is uh, you're 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 more thinking about Saudi Arabia. Abu Dhabi is uh, it's it's closer to Dubai, Dubai because they're the same country, but Dubai is more liberal. So okay. you can find people like that in some ways, but when it comes to Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi is a little more strict than uh, Dubai, and they uh, women walk freely. But yeah, I think clothes would be there is a limit to how much you can show off so how they were pissed off because they they're pretending it's in abu Dhabi, it's happening in abu dhabi and they are yes uh, okay yes. And, and they are sleeveless no it's the whole movie they go to clubs they pick up guys oh. and so on it's just the whole atmosphere is just corrupted i see okay yeah. well i'm still gonna go see it it might not be good but um I can't believe you're not gonna go see movie. that, Patrick. What? Are I you am. serious? Okay. First of all, first of all, uh, I we're we're gonna review it on the movie Licious, so I have to see it for the well, show. Well, okay, if it's for but, work. But but that's but, not the reason you're gonna see no, it. No, and I'm completely open about this. I am. I would have gone seen it. I would have gone to see it probably. I really loved the 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 series itself. And I thought the the first movie was kind of crappy, but okay. I also have a, a you know a movie. Kind of. uh, <laughs> I I also have a movie pass that you know I pay like 20 euros for the month and I can go to any m movies I want so I'm not going to really be paying for it if that's any consolation I'm going to be paying for it with the time I'm going to lose but that's it you'll never get that uh. time back I just want you to remember that <laughs> that time is going to go it's just going into the abyss it's gone oh, forever I'm reading this article, uh, and, and granted, it's a Seattle newspaper, but they're, they're quoting uh, Vivian Salma of Bloomberg News, who's saying that one of the major objections doesn't have to do with the taboos. It's the fact that they show them traipsing around Abu Dhabi and riding camels and confronting women in face veils. And they're like, this is just, this is just stereotyping us. It doesn't show the diversity that we actually have in the UAE. Oh my God! A Hollywood movie stereotyping some population. Like for, uh, but that you could see I that your first from mistake, the preview. He's looking for Ugh. factual information in the uh, in the in the in, in Sex in the City. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Right. That's true. It's not like an, it, it, it. Oh, oh. <laughs> See, it's a I, good I thing I brought this topic on. We got the Molly rant. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't exactly a full-blown rant. I, 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 it's true because I'm just sputtering with rage because I can't. <laughs> there, I don't know. I can't even really put my finger on what exactly it is about the movie that seems so gross to me. But it does seem just culturally bizarre. Well, it, the... it, it seems to me that the, putting those two things together, like four slutty mm -hmm. New York women who dress like whores and taking them to Abu Dhabi and then involving like camels. And I mean, it does. It sort of feels like having Mexicans play Native Americans. It's like, what is this? It's just like gross Hollywood <laughs> cultural appropriation. I, I have to say it does seem a little bit like that. I, I'm not Especially going... when there are actual serious feminist issues at stake here, you know? Not even feminist in the in the sort of the the 
ranty sense, but actually, you know, issues of, of women's rights are, are relatively serious to me in those countries. And then you get, you just, you make it all like about stilettos. Like, ah, I don't know. There's just something so <laughs> gross about the whole thing. I, I, you've actually brought up a point that does resonate with me. I'm, I'm sort of uh, a little bit convinced now. I'm, well, I'm still going to go see it, but I will, I will keep that argument in mind and I might make it when I review the, the, the show. I'm Excellent. just curious why they picked Abu Dhabi over Dubai. If you wanted to go to the UAE, like, yeah, what, what why, and why did they go there anyway? I just I don't I, know. That is exactly. also what makes it really <laughs> irritating. It's like the show was done. The show was finished. The the movie was sort of a cap on it to con to to bring the real conclusion. And now they're sort of bringing it back from the dead and getting the corpse of Sef Sex and the City out of its coffin and reanimating it. I think <laughs> totally. that's. Yeah, a little bit of, yeah. It'd be cooler oh, if there um, was a zombie movie. <laughs> that would be awesome. Sex and the City 2, Zombie Apocalypse. That I would go see happily. I would definitely see that. Uh, um, hey there. Uh, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. <laughs> uh, I'm scared. There's there's uh, one more thing. Did you see some uh, TV show on MTV called True Life? Resist the power, Saudi Arabia. Uh, no. What? No. No, I, I don't. I, I, I sadly do not watch MTV much. I don't. Okay, watch you have TV. to. Everybody has to watch it. You get a. Uh, they've uh, went into Saudi Arabia. I don't know how they got their visas to enter Saudi Arabia, and the permission to, to photo everything and uh, record everything. They got four uh, teens, Saudi teens, and they've been following them and their life in different aspects as they discuss what they like, what they dislike, and they're more on the liberal side. But it's a very interesting show. You should take a look and get a basic idea. It gives you some idea about Saudi Arabia. Wow, that sounds actually interesting. All right, cool. Yeah, it's called True Life Resist the Power Saudi Arabia. Cool, thanks. Hey, you know what else is resisting resist the, the power? power? How are they resist? Uh, sorry, go ahead, Polo. Sorry. Well, how are they resisting the power in Saudi Arabia? That sounds like quite a bold thing. Well, the idea is they bring people who are against some of the traditions of Saudi Arabia. Like, they got Uh, one guy who wants to be free to date, so that he's resisting. Uh, another guy who is trying to be into politics and defending women's rights, so he's resisting. A girl who is defending her right to ride a bicycle in the street and wear what she likes. That's another resistance. Th a group of three guys who are into heavy metal and they have their own band and they want the right to play it whenever they want in Saudi Arabia. That's awesome. Wow. How how is it being received in in Saudi Arabia? Are people talking about it or? Oh, definitely. They're uh, preparing to sue them. <laughs> oh, jeez. Of course. Everybody who was on the show is going to be sued. <laughs> really? Like the oh the, the people who participated in the show yes. is, are going to be sued yes. on what grounds? Yes. Uh, of promoting uh, uh, the lies and uh, promoting corruption and uh, loss of values. Wow. Hmm. There's a hundred I'm things surprised it even got use. on air. It's MTV. <laughs> it got on air internationally. But Turkey, yeah. t tell me the yeah. truth. Are you the guy who wanted to be allowed to date freely? <laughs> I would love to be allowed to date freely. No, but I'm not the guy on the, on the, on the No, he's the guy in the metal band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, if it was a jazz, I might. 
Um, all right. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the strikes in France um, because we've been having what strikes. strikes in France. Do you want to ever that. stop hearing about strikes in I, France? Patrick? I'm sorry. That's what we do. That's our thing. We do <laughs> one and strikes. Must you know, be Tuesday. Change, change the show from the Phileas Club to the <laughs> French strikes show. So <laughs> what? It what's every time? What's huh? happening is that we are. Um, we are planning on uh, reworking our retirement uh, laws and agreements. And it's now the, the retirement uh, is at 60. So you retire, you can retire if you worked, uh, you've worked all your years when you're 60 year old, re- years old. And the government would like to push it to 62 or, well, to, to push it to anything because obviously people are living longer. Uh, healthcare is, uh, costs a lot, especially on elderly people. So we need more people to work longer. And quite frankly, the idea of retiring at, at 60 is sickening to me. But they, they, people today are in full strength and full health when they're 60. And not only I don't think they should want to retire, but the I don't think I will want to retire. What the hell am I going? Well, okay, I'm sure I, I can find I, stuff I, to do, I, but I I think that's kind of funny, Patrick. You know why? Uh, I'm sure you're going to tell me. <laughs> because you apparently are having too many people who are getting old and you want them to stay. We want to lower the retirement age because we have too many young people. We can't find jobs for them. <laughs> well, there there was a little bit uh, of you know going like that too at one point, but. Yeah, but here in Saudi Arabia, we have 50% of the Saudi population are under 21 years old. Jeez. So you have to retire when you're, what, 35? <laughs> Apparently, if this continues. Um, but yeah, so basically, the government wants to push for for uh, longer work time. And everyone in the past week, everyone has been going on strike. And the country has once again uh, gone to ground, ground to a halt. It, well, not that much, but transportation is all messed up, and uh, it's horrible, horrible, and it's uh, been happening again and again and again, because every time any government talks about uh, raising the age of retirement, everyone in the country, well, you know, the, the people who do strike, go on strike, paralyze everything, so the government backs down. And the big question now is, is the government going to back down again? It's been one of its big... Uh, 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 arguments that it's not going to back down and it's going to do it but it seems sort of i I think they're going to do it this time but every time they have to chop down their ambition so much that doesn't change a lot and the situation is obviously as everyone knows getting dire because it's the same in every western country um so yeah that that's been a big thing uh, in the country this week I guess you guys don't have the same issue because you can work till you die. But well, we have different. I can't keep track of the different. Like Social Security, I think you get at sixty-two, but it's full. If you get more benefits, if you wait till sixty-seven or something, I may have that wrong. But it's it's like there's a moving target. Is it is it like acceptable for you guys to to retire at sixty? Is it like the thing that the thing to do, the thing everyone does, or do you guys want to keep working? Well, from no, a certain 60. perspective, you want to retire by 30. You know, you want to be that rich Wall Street person. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, Molly. 60s. 60 is very unusual, like at just 60. I mean, I think that, yeah. you know, that's considered very early retirement. I think most people um, most people target 60 
65 and then 62 mm. or 63 is kind of is kind of early retirement 60 would be yeah. like you made a lot of money you know well that's interesting that you go straight to you made a lot of money and and tom you thought about the guy who retires at 30 because he's a hotshot in here it's not really that you made a lot of money the the idea is that you've worked you've clocked in your hours for whatever 30 i don't know how many years and you've paid your taxes, and at that point, you're entitled to retire and get money from the state. And that's why people are fighting for it, sort of in the same way, but less outrageous than uh, Greek people are fighting to get their I'm arriving on time bonus. Well, but how much money is it? I mean, I guess I think there's a sense here that the, the payouts, you know, Social Security payouts are not enough. It's that's that would be if you yeah. didn't have a very sizable chunk of savings that to live on social security is so called we call it, you know, fixed income living and that means you don't have any money. Like it's it, it's a very, you know, it's a very lowered standard of living mm. to well, go on to social security only. I have to say I've uh, seen people, uh, you know, uh, older people working at uh, in the US, I mean, when I've been in the US a few times at mm -hmm. uh, malls and and uh, uh, shopping centers and stuff like that. And it was surprising yeah. because it doesn't happen here. These older yeah, people, they can, they, 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 they can live off their retirement they money. And uh, they can, they, they, there's also the issue that retirement money is not enough, but it, in, it's indexed on your salary for the past, you know, the, the time you've worked. So you're going to get a, a, a maybe 70% of your last salary in the past 10 years. So, mostly it should allow you to to get by um so it's not that big of an issue but it, it is sort of an issue for some people um sorry paolo you were saying something uh, i was i was just saying from my experience americans uh, they their lives really revolve around work far more than anywhere else i've been they they, mm. they just seem to live to work no offense um tom and molly but Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys do it on a completely different level to everyone no. else. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the yeah. reason why I moved away. It's very <laughs> true. Crazy. No, yeah, it's, we are work, Americans are totally addicted to work. That's absolutely true. And I think that what happens with some of the older Americans is that part of it is living on a fixed income and not having enough money. But the other part of it is that they, they get bored. They don't know what to do with themselves. But, and yeah. they get lonely. I mean, I, and from, the, from, you know, work is a very what social I found is that. From what I've found is you guys don't take a lot of time. You don't take a lot of time off from 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 your your work life to to say go go away for vacation or go go and 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 experience other things. You you kind of revolve your whole lives around you, the way you work. And for me, that's I mean that's a very foreign thing here in South Africa. It's it's very common to take four weeks off for Christmas. Like that's that's a that's a normal vacation here. In, South Africa and and wow. in the states it's just unheard of, you know. And it's well, funny too it. because I hear you say that and I think, oh man, I want to live there. But <laughs> I guess I could take that kind of time off at Christmas if I had vacation built up. But I, it, it is, it is totally, it's somewhat people unthinkable. People look at you funny. Oh, totally. People and in the I would think would say, like. Sorry, Mom, they would. People in the no, I was yeah. People in the states would definitely think, "Wow, that's that is." It would be very indulgent. Mm. In if France, I, we have five weeks I mean, of vacation was a year. There, when I was working there, and I, they they would be like, "Why aren't you coming in on a Saturday? Like, what's wrong with you? It's, we're working on Sunday too. Like, you you better be here." And it's like, "Oh, 
I, I, I enjoy a weekend, but you all seem to think that it's strange that I want to have a weekend. But yeah, it's, so it's, it's it, the norm then. It's different at different places. You know, different yeah. work cultures vary. But, but overall, in the U.S., it is more of a tradition of you work hard all the time to, you know, to prove your worth and build up your future so that you can someday uh, retire and then get bored and die. I mean, that's, that's the <laughs> overall arc that, that everyone that's is true. apparently shooting for. And it's, it's ridiculous. And we don't even get the vacation time. Two weeks is the standard. If you get more than two weeks vacation, you're in a lush position or you've been somewhere long enough to build up some seniority. But it's not, you know, getting four weeks off per year is, is almost unthinkable. So we get five weeks what's funny in France. Is, is, and, oh, sorry, go ahead, Molly. Well, I was just going to say it's very cultural, too. I mean, it definitely it varies by state. Um, and, and as the workforce, the younger workforce is starting to come in, they're really starting to change some of those things and talk about work-life balance more. But, you know, like, our, like CNET was recently bought by CBS, uh, which is a very old, established television network in the United States. They're located on the East Coast. They have a very different work ethic. And they think that we Californians at CNET are just like the laziest people ever. <laughs> they, I mean, they, I got in a terrible fight last night with one of the people I work with who came from CBS who said, look, that whole thing where you're closed for a week between Christmas and New Year's, that's ridiculous. It, you know, it is just, that is a luxury that I can't even believe exists, and I bet it's going to go away, and if you don't like it, you're just going to find a new job, and we'll replace you. And that really? is very much the attitude of, like, this East Coast, you know, this big, old, established East Coast company. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I had had you on the line last night so I could say, how about four weeks at Christmas, <laughs> like they do in South Africa? Well, you know, we, have, uh, we have also have the 35-hour week, which is enforced in France now. Sort of right. wobbly, but yeah, 35 hours. However, one interesting uh, piece of information is that apparently uh, the French people are amongst the most productive people in the world, meaning that we might work less duration, less time, but we do a lot more when we do work. So well, there. I think that, that's a co that, that is a classic uh, theory, which is it doesn't matter how much time you're actually forced to work. You're going to do the same amount of work. So, I mean, I always have that experience when you're going off on a holiday and you have to do twice as much work in advance to cover all of the stuff that you're going to miss while you're gone. And so you get more productive. You get more efficient because you have to pack all that stuff in. Yeah. So there you go. 35-hour weeks for the win. <laughs> all right. I guess we... 20. <laughs> or four as some people would say right right that's um, what they say in greece no <laughs> just kidding just kidding yay i'm not the only one rating on greece um, i'm not i'm not i'm not <laughs> so i guess we 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 are close to bringing the show to a to i want to find another word than close because i don't want to make a repetition but and to bring the close and. to an end uh anyone else has a, a topic they want to talk about before we go Nope, I need breakfast. Oh, uh, so <laughs> we, <laughs> for Molly, I had a super interesting thing I wanted to talk about, but since Molly has to apparently have cereal, uh, we're going to go. Um, I do, however, want oh. to mention very quickly the fact that uh, the iPad came out uh, yesterday in Europe, and mm. uh, the it was pretty crazy still. I mean, um, a few queues and definitely sold out already everywhere. So it's not giving any sign of stopping. So did you download the Paris Match or whatever magazine? Yeah, I did. It's pretty well done. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's been on on the iPad since day one. Yeah, yeah. You, so you have one too, Turkey. I I think I saw a tweet. Yeah, yeah. I got my mom got me a gift a three G last week. Oh, that's sweet. Oh. <laughs> so Molly Thanks, still mom. hate it? I don't hate it. It just didn't work for me. I, right. It didn't. Uh, no, I didn't mean. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean it as yeah, right. I just meant it. Oh, oh right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that it like shouldn't exist or anything. But I have a netbook and a computer and a smartphone, yeah. and I just didn't need it. And yeah. and a re- and an e-reader. It was too heavy for me. It's just too heavy. I fully expected to not really love we it. We still but... don't have it here in South Africa. <laughs> oh, sorry. I should have sent you mine. And they're charging. <laughs> You'd be surprised how much they're charging us just for an iPhone. It's a thousand dollars for one iPhone. Thousand dollars. Let's send iPads to 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 South Africa. We'll get yeah. rich and we can retire. Right. <laughs> hey, they they they're expensive here too. You, you know how how much the iPad was sold? They got the iPad from day one for somehow, and they sold it for two thousand dollars. Jeez. <gasps> Oh my I mean, and there were people who actually paid that much. I, I like it. I, I like it, but I do think it's expensive at five hundred. Uh, <laughs> Two thousand. Geez. I mean, you guys have oil, old, oily the oil in the world. Oh yeah, right. It's just, just the type of people who want to be the first, so <laughs> they can't wait until it's because until now it's officially not here, not in Saudi Arabia. So yeah. it's all gray market. So. Yeah, the fact that it's now released in Europe is bad news for us Americans because we were all making tons of money selling them on eBay. <laughs> and now the market's dropped out. The iPad market uh, on eBay has dropped. Sorry, right. Molly. All those, mm-hmm. those nickels and dimes you were uh, storing for your retirement or your one week outrageous one week holiday in, in Christmas. <laughs> <My> one week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think we are indeed go- going to bring the show to an end. I want to thank all of you guys for being on. It was a tremendous fun. And I will ask each of you to tell me where uh, people can find you on the Internet if they want more. Uh, Turkey, you go first. Uh, <clears throat> well, you can find me on Twitter, which is Twitter slash Saudi. And keep uh, I'll keep uh, you updated. There. I have my website also, but I haven't updated my website for still, a while. I'm Turkey, you're you're silenting a little bit. Uh, your your headphones are probably the kind that makes it silent. Uh, so oh, it's, no. how about I now? Think it, you're good. Go ahead. All right. So if you can check me on Twitter at twitter.com/saudi. Uh, also, you can check my website. Although I haven't updated for a long time since I'm working on my new business. And the website is at saudilife.net. Thank you. Paolo, do you have a, a Twitter account? I'm not even sure. Yeah, no, I have a Twitter account. I mean, there's not much going on there. Um, it's it's twitter.com slash Paolo. Paolo Audio. We didn't really hear that uh, completely. So it's yeah. Paolo Audio-like audio. Anything else? Yeah. No, that's it. That, that, that's it. Okay, cool. Uh, mm, Tom. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, oh, I'm not ready. Uh, yeah, TomMerritt.com collects all of the, the stuff I do because I do a bunch of different podcasts. Uh, but just while we were recording the Phileas Club, twit.tv slash TNT went live. And that's the new show that I'm doing on the Twit Network uh, every afternoon at 530 Eastern Time uh, Tech News Today. So check that out. 
Awesome. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm also a little bit uh, uh, scared of the, the clash of the titans. Uh, that is going to be two tech shows that, like, we're going to be listening to Buzz Out Loud and Tech News Today and <laughs> listen for the one who says something silly that the other one is going to correct afterwards. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Right. You've yeah, got that much happen. time on your hands, Trick? I always have time for Tom and Molly. Oh, well done. Um, so, okay, Tech News Today is going to start on, uh, well, this week. And, June 1st. Uh, it, that's going to be fun. And Molly, where can people find you? I'm sure they know, but tell it. I, oh, they might not. I'm on Twitter at twitter.com slash mollywood. Um, and then you can find my Molly Rants blog at news.com slash molly-rants. And, of okay. course, at com. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, you can find me at twitter.com slash notpatrick. You can find the show and uh, comments and all of that on the show's blog, which is thephiliusclub.com. And that's going to be it for us. We will talk to you again in one month in uh, June, and we'll have more fun then. Thanks, everyone, and uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Well, thanks very much, everyone. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to have to go pretty fast because I have to prepare food before Eurovision starts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and by the way, I didn't go to Eurovision on my like, own accord. It was my girlfriend who told me I had to. So <laughs> she's looking at me <laughs> angrily now. <laughs> um, I'm going to Very unfortunate, Patrick. Yeah, I think you should just be proud, Patrick. Don't don't try to hide your your <laughs> oh, love of Eurovision. Who wears the pants in the house, Patrick? <laughs> well, uh, she does. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.